Hey, Creepsters, it's Taylor from Texas. I hope y'all checked under your bed, saged your house, and locked your doors because you're listening to A Paranormal Chicks with the amazing Donna and Carrie. And this is the newest episode of Sinister Sightings. I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 150. That's such like a good round number. I know. That's what I meant. I said 200 to her when she looked to see what it was. And I was like, I knew it was a, she was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know me in numbers, but I meant it was a zero at the end. <laughs> but it's it was like, like a milestone. It, yeah. It was like, it's either 50 or a double zero. Those are like the, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Hey, y'all just heard Taylor from Texas. Ooh, if y'all couldn't tell, she is a spooky bitch. Cause did y'all get the tingles when she was like, I hope you checked under your bed. Ooh, I don't know what that was. I don't know, but I thought you were about to do the honey laughing. Did you see my face? <laughs> I was face like, went from like, oh. yeah, it was like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, if you want to be a spooky bitch, just like Taylor, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. Okay. The first story is called Ouija. Howdy, fellow creepsters. Okay, we're Texas to howdy. Okay. My name is Ashton, and I live in a cute little house in Ferndale, Michigan, with my fiance, our two cats, our pity bubs, oh, that's cute, and our golden retriever puppy, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Ruthie for short. Oh, cute. I'm fairly new to the podcast and only discovered you when my fiance was listening to Let's Not Meet, and I overheard an ad for your pod. I immediately knew it was right up my alley. True crime and supernatural shit, sign me up. I've been listening to your pod since then and loving every dang minute of it. I've been meaning to send this story for a while now. When I was a wee little kid, maybe 11 or 12 years old, my best friend and I decided to try out a Ouija board. I had asked for one for Christmas, and it took us several months to be brave enough to give it a go. Neither of us was sure if we believed in this stuff, but we also weren't sure we were ready to find out it was real. We settled into her room with the lights off and a small lamp on. We settled into her room with the lights off and a small lamp on covered with a sheet for ambience. 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 <laughs> well, I almost said ambient, and I was like, that's not the word. I know. I was like, wait, what? Her bedroom was covered in glow-in-the-dark stars, so we were feeling very spooky and ready to give it a go. We sat down and each placed a hand lightly on the triangular pointy thingy, scientific term clearly, having each agreed not to move it. We each introduced ourselves, stated that we were friendly and just looking to talk. We asked if anyone was listening, and slowly the pointer thing started to move to yes. Freaked, we both accused each other of moving it and both adamantly denied having moved it ourselves. With our hearts pounding so hard, I'm surprised we could even hear the radio playing in the background. We asked if the spirit could tell us their name. Letter by letter, it spelled out Stephen. We asked Stephen how he died, and the pointer thing just went to no. We asked if he would please tell us, and it again went to no. My friend was starting to get kind of freaked out, but I've always been too stubborn to let it show if I'm getting freaked out by something, so I insist we keep going. I asked if he was murdered, and let me tell you it was the wrong question to ask. 
I must have really upset the spirit because the lights flickered a few times and the radio started to rewind and fast forward. Not a CD or a tape. The radio. We ran out of the bedroom screaming and slept in the living room that night. The next day, we asked one of our friends if she'd been listening to the same radio station the night before at the same time, and she had. She said it didn't do anything weird, and my best friend's eyes darted to mine, big as saucers. To this day, neither of us has ever used a Ouija board again. Steven, I don't know who you are, but I'm really sorry I pressed you to talk about something you clearly did not want to talk about. I have some other stories that I might send in later, and my fiance has several stories she could share as well. Love the pod, love y'all, and can't wait to listen to the next episode. Creep on, creeping on, Ashton in. Um, couple of things. You got it for Christmas? Well, I mean, it's in like Walmart in the game aisle. Also, LOL that you both were too scared to do it, but you convinced your friend to do it in her bedroom. I know, right? Like, it's your toy, and you're like, let's do it at your house. <laughs> That would be me to Tiffany. 100%. (laughs) Poor Tiffany. Tiffany listening to this right now being like, no, it, yeah, it would be. (laughs) Also, you didn't say goodbye. Yeah, that's true. Isn't that like one of the rules? Like, don't ask them how they died? Well, they say it's very rude. And it could be traumatic for them because sometimes they don't know that they're dead. Oh, true, true. Also, do not say you might send in your other stories do send in your other stories, Ashton, please. We want them. We want them all. But she's not telling you what to do because we know you're stubborn and you won't <laughs> do it if you think somebody told you. Very true. So you do what you want to. Very true. But send them, please. The next story is titled Creepy Maybe? Question mark. Hi, I love your podcast and I'm currently binging trying to catch up. I wanted to share a story with you. I've already changed the names and the story, so it's okay to use them. Nearly four years ago, my beloved aunt lost her battle with cancer. She fought it for 16 years when it finally spread to her brain and she lost her battle. It still causes me to cry when speaking about it. Anyway, I was 13 hours away from home at the beach when I found out she'd been moved to hospice. This happened on a Tuesday and I was scheduled to be home on Thursday. My uncle told me to finish my vacation that she would still be there when I got home. He promised me that she would be and she was. I left my three-year-old daughter with my grandmother and mother and went directly to the hospice house. I didn't leave until she passed. I stayed there with my only female cousin, her daughter, we will call her Claire. I'm not sure how many nights we spent at the hospice house. The days seemed to run together. One night, Claire and I were walking back to my aunt's room. I went out for a smoke and Claire went with me. As we were walking back, Claire stopped in front of the room next to us. She asked if I felt that. The air was cooler and it felt heavy. She said she thought death was in that room. 30 minutes later, we could see family members coming in to visit the man next door. 45 minutes later, he passed away. I'd always said I didn't want to be in the room when my aunt took her last breath. I didn't want that memory. The day she passed away, I think I knew she was going to. I kept sitting closer and closer to the door. My mom brought us dinner around 8 p.m. She was going to spend the night and allow me and my cousin to go home for the night. We ate dinner together and about 9.30, we go back to the room so we could say our goodbyes. The minute I walked in, the room felt differently. The nurses had estimated we had days left before my aunt's passing, but something told me to leave the room. 
I walked outside to the patio to get some air, and within minutes, my cousin opened the door and told me her mom was gone. I went home and cuddled my baby and tried to feel some peace that she was no longer suffering. Now, I need to preface this next part. My daughter had her fourth birthday while I was at the hospice house. She didn't come into my life until she was two and four months old. By the time she came along, my aunt was nearly blind. She had tumors in her brain, and she was much just a shell of herself. She never got to meet my daughter, nor my daughter meet her. Gosh, that was really hard to type. Several months after the funeral, I was making dinner. I had put some chicken in the microwave to defrost, and I was looking for my sharpest knife. I used the same knife every time. I checked all of the usual spots and couldn't find it. The microwave goes off and I take the chicken out and sit it on my cutting board. I turned to get a different knife and when I turned around, there was a knife I was looking for sitting on top of the chicken. I could have been preoccupied and sat the knife there myself, but if that were true, why was I still looking for it? I know it wasn't in the microwave with the chicken. I mean, metal and microwaves don't mix. I jokingly said thank you to my aunt and asked her not to do that again because it freaked me out. A couple of days later, I was sitting on my bed crocheting a hat. Yes, I know crochet is for grannies. I like it. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw my grandma standing in my doorway. When I looked, no one was there. I got up to look and my grandma was sitting in her chair watching a movie. She lives with me. I asked her what she needed and she looked at me puzzled and said she had been sitting there for the last hour. Now, my grandma and my aunt were similar in height, stature, hair color, and style. They're not related. Aunt was married to uncle on my dad's side. Grandma is my mom's mom. Again, I didn't think much of it until the next day my daughter and I were sitting on the bed watching TV together. Suddenly she says, why are you just standing there, Gee? She then says, you're not my Gee." I catch a glimpse of the figure again. I believe it was my aunt. My daughter didn't know my aunt, but saw her too. There was no way we could have both imagined it, especially since she had no idea what my aunt looked like. Another interesting tidbit is when my daughter's paternal grandmother passed away, she didn't remember her, so I just didn't say anything. My daughter said to me, my nana come and say her love me and bye-bye. She was three when this happened. I asked her, who? And she just shrugged her shoulders and said, her was my nana. I just thought that was interesting. I have more stories of a haunted house and seeing weird things. When I get time, I'll send in some more. Anyways, thanks for listening. See. Well, that's wild about Claire being like, do you feel that? That's death. And then the person dying within the hour. I know. Like, oh. Have you ever been to a hospice house? No, I haven't. Uh, My grandmother, we called her grandma. Uh, Grandma was in one right before she passed. And honestly, she was there less than 48 hours. You know, it happened so fast. Yeah. But that truly is like the most like precious place because the staff was just so amazing because it's all they do you know yeah and it's like home hospice is great too because you have them at home and if that's what they want but you know when they get to those levels where they need more care sometimes you can't do that at home right and so it was just I don't know it was just so amazing to have grandma and this it's called the Asbury Hospice House here but like the rooms were huge. So you could have so many family members in there. You know, it wasn't like you're in this little hospital room. Right. Where it's like, you can only have a couple people there because there's nowhere to sit or, you know. Yeah. And they had like this awesome bed that like unfolded this huge bathroom. You know, I don't know. It was just really. They thought was, about everything. Yes. It was 
so awesome. They even had like their own little cafeteria in it. Like the business is connected to the hospital. So they bring some of like the hospital cafeteria stuff there for a little cafeteria. So oh, cool. if you didn't want to, you didn't even have to leave. You yeah. Know? I don't know. It was just really cool. So I don't know. It just That just like flooded some memories back for me yeah with grandma and two i guess we're coming up on the anniversary of her death like next week gosh so i guess five years because Allie will be five years old wow that just like unlocked a lot of memories for me i bet i'm just glad that you could be the sad one for (laughs) once (laughs) you don't have the market cornered on death donna The next one is called Demons Hunting My Friends? Question mark. Hey girls, like everyone, I would like to say how awesome you ladies are and how long this story is. <laughs> Y'all have me laughing every time I listen to you. I remember hearing the first Sinister Settings episode and knowing I'd have to send something in. So I guess I'm finally getting around to it. P.S. You could say all the names in the story. Picture it. 1954. My creepy great-great-grandpa building a creepy old house. Seeing pictures of him gives me the heebie-jeebies. But after he built the house, he got a wife. I love this story already. (laughs) (laughs) His wife, Malice, moved in. They grew old together and they died together. Sounds cute, right? Yeah, it was probably cute at the time. But now this place is a goddamn spirit hotspot. (laughs) I have no idea how or why I'm sensitive to spirits and stuff. But sadly, I am. Right after my great-great-grandparents died, they both died in 1972, my great-grandmother got the house. And then my grandmother got it. Still, no problems. And then, boom, my mom moves into this house, and I'm like a spirit magnet. Fast forward to earlier this year in January. I don't know, but you had the countryest accent. Earlier this year? (laughs) I had recently had stuff happening to me that couldn't make sense, like... My phone charging and it drains the battery or I'll wake up to seeing something dark in the corner of my room. My friend wanted to come over. So, of course, I said yes. Me and Maya, my friend, decide to do a Ouija board. And she also brought over white candles. Nothing really happened on the Ouija board, but the candles were freaking us the fuck out. I would ask the candle a yes or no question and it would start flashing when the answer is yes and stay still if it's no. It was spot on and never delayed. We were freaking out and Maya, being stupid, decided to threaten the ghost and tell them to come and show themselves. Yeah, she puked in my bathroom right after I told her she was being mean to the ghosts. She felt horrible the whole night. Weeks later, after I start to forget about it, my other friend Mia wants to come over. Of course, I said yes. We weren't going to do spirit stuff, so I was cool. When Mia came over, I just mentioned about the ghost thing, and she said, Oh my lord, is it nice? Hey, spirit thing, are you nice? And she puked as soon as she finished her sentence. Y'all decide. Is it a ghost, or do I accidentally poison my friends? Creep it real, ladies, and don't get scared. Love you, Natalie. I do not like throwing up, so uh, I would not be coming over. No, hell no. If I have food on my stomach, I'm going to do everything in my power not to throw up. Same. If it's in the morning, first thing, I'm going to just throw up. I'll be watery mouth for like 30 minutes. It's just like, try not to throw up. I'm like that, again, if there's food on my stomach. I wonder why it became a hotbed of activity. Yeah, why'd you whisper that? I don't know. It was my it you? was my internal but external thinking. Dialogue. Yeah. You just didn't want them to hear you and puke. <laughs> True. I'm like, if I puke when I go home, Natalie, I'll be very upset. Y'all will probably hear because she pukes so damn loud. I do. My whole body. Oh, 
I get it from my daddy. God, he puked loud. (laughs) Okay, the next one. Hey, ladies, I'll get right to it because this one's a doozy. If you hadn't gotten the chills yet, just wait. So this story comes from my mom's co-worker, we'll call him Mike, who was taking care of his ailing father, John. John was a devoted father and husband and a devout Christian. He was a pillar in the community and all around an amazing man. John's health began to fail from old age, but his mind was still sharp. When Mike went to check on his father one day, John told him that he was visited by some people the night before. Obviously taken aback, Mike thought folks broke into his dad's house, but John explained he was awakened by three or four men standing in front of him. But they weren't just standing there. They were, wait for it, building a coffin. What? Insert Donna's, what in the Bob the Builder is going on here? John recalls watching these men work, but he didn't feel scared. He felt peace. Mike, of course, chalked it up to his dad dreaming or imagining it. But the next several nights, they kept coming back to John and the construction progressed. Finally, Mike decided to see for himself the odd men building a coffin in the middle of his dad's bedroom at three in the morning. So he stayed at his dad's house in John's bedroom and waited. He was startled from sleep by John telling him the men were here, but Mike saw nothing. What he did see was John intently watching the end of his bed. John's eyes were moving as if memorizing every step of the phantom builders. That morning, Mike was at a loss for words, but relayed the story to his co-workers in hopes of clarity. Mike is a man of strong faith and didn't believe in ghosts, but he does believe in angels. Only weeks after the sightings began, John passed away peacefully in his sleep. I guess they finished the coffin. To this day, we believe the men were angels sent to slowly and peacefully allow John to transition and make his way home. I was told this story years ago and still remember every detail. It's one that sticks with you and eases those fears of death. I would love to hear y'all's thoughts. Thank you for getting me through hours of studying every day. Creep it real. Please don't use my name. All right. Well, we're going to call you Bob. (laughs) I don't know. What do you think? Do you, do you, I feel like. How can you believe in like spirits in the angel sense, but not in like a ghost sense? Right. I know that's like not the point of the story at all. Um, yeah. But I was just like, huh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say like, okay, if you believe that angels are in heaven and ghosts are people who like haven't crossed over, like you don't believe in like that, I guess that in between. Right. But how do we really know that they angels are like beings that haven't crossed over you know we don't actually know that right every time you keep saying angels i actually meant ghosts ghosts aren't people who you know what i mean yeah but i'm so caught up in my head when you say angels because i keep singing that alabama song do you know what i'm talking about yeah it goes angels (laughs) i have no idea angels are sent down to us from somewhere up above Bent down to us from somewhere up. Off key. Bad off key. (laughs) But yes. (laughs) You looked at me like, (laughs) I don't even know why you gave me that such a serious look. Angels. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not a rock song. I don't know what that was. Who'd you say it was by? Alabama. A rock band. I'm just kidding. That sent down to us from somewhere you up said above. said a rock band. They come to you and me. That's all I know. Okay. I love that you just said a rock band. 
<laughs> Are they not? Fucking country. Oh. <laughs> what band? Alabama. Oh, <laughs> in my head, Leonard Skinner. No, oh. in my head, I was thinking the Eagles. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> This girl ain't right. Oh, my God. I was thinking Leonard Skinner because Sweet Home Alabama. Like, no, 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 no. If, I was No, you were just. Straight to the Eagles. Yeah, okay. Tell me you can't sing on key for a thousand, Alex. <laughs> he, he did. Well, hello, angels and ghosts. The whole conversation. <laughs> okay, but back to. Bob. Right. I feel like whoever they were, they were there like to help him transition. And that was like his countdown. And he, like he said, he was at peace. So it was something that helped him. For sure. Yeah, I definitely think that that's, I mean, like you hear all the time about people's loved ones, like they start seeing them towards the end. And that's very common. Like it's even in hospice literature that they give you, like to prepare you for your, like the things that your um, loved one's going to go through, like while, or could go through while in hospice. It's like, it's one of those things that they're like, we don't know why we can't explain it, but you know, sometimes they start talking to family members that have passed or, you know, they start seeing family members that have passed. I mean, even my dad, remember I said, I think he was talking about my mom and my sister mm-hmm. when he was like, I'm just talking to them. And like he motioned over to the corner, but the TV was there. And I was like, oh, OK, who? And he was like, over there. And I was like, the TV? And Joe Biden was on the news. And I was like to joe biden like and he was like yeah him like but you know what i mean like he but he was like i was just talking to them like right over there but he was like laughing and stuff like he was having a jolly old time yeah and they're like man you're messing up my mojo quit what do you mean of course them right there right okay the next one hey creep queens i have a sinister and oh my god i'm never taking ambient again story my sinister sightings goes like this I came home late from work one evening, did my usual thing. I was working at a nursing home at the time, so my routine was I took my shoes off immediately and headed for the shower. Well, I went, grabbed clean clothes, and came out of my room and saw a very cute, tiny little boy standing outside my parents' room crying and holding a blanket. He looked at me and said, where's my mommy? I didn't think anything about it because my mom babysat at the time, so I thought that was what was going on. I told him, I'm not sure, but I'm sure she'll pick you up in the morning. Go ahead, back to bed. So I went and took my shower and didn't think anything about it. After my shower, got me a soda and went to bed. The next day was a weird one. I had running around before my next shift, so I really didn't see anyone. I came home from work again that night And again, there was a little boy in the same pajamas crying again. He looked and said, mommy didn't come get me. I thought, hmm, that's weird. So I said, maybe she'll be here tomorrow. Try to go back to sleep. He said, okay, and said, you're nice. I like you. I told him, thank you. I like you too. Now go to sleep. I took my shower and when I was getting dressed, I heard laughing and running in the living room. I thought, that little stinker. I came out of the bathroom and walked into the living room. No kid, but still heard laughing. I saw a kid shape behind the curtains. I moved them. Nothing there. I got freaked out there, but thought to myself, hmm, weird. When blue curtains like that. So went to bed. The next morning, I asked my mom about the little boy she was watching. My mom said, what are you talking about? I said, that little boy you've been watching. Blonde hair, blue blanket. She said, I haven't been watching a little boy. I told her he was right outside your bedroom. My mom said, oh, stop, you imagined that, and blew me off. My dad looked at me and said, you didn't imagine him. I saw him too. Did he ask about his mom? I said, yeah. 
He told me every time he saw him outside my parents' door, he would ask about his mom and would disappear. BTW, my son used to play with a white hair friend when he was little. Oh, that's creepy. My ambient story is short. I think it's funny. I had a horrible pregnancy with my son. I'm talking sick all nine months, most days, all day long. Do you know Natalie? Did you go over to her house? For real. I was going on two days without sleep, so my doctor gave me meds for morning sickness and a very low dose of Ambien. He said, there's been side effects, so make sure you aren't alone. I was at my parents' house anyway, so I took it when I got home. I remember changing into my PJs that night and thinking, I hope this works because I am exhausted and I need sleep. The next thing I remember, I was sitting on the floor having a conversation with a bear carved out of a tree stump my parents had. I remember petting him and asking my mom when they got a pet bear, and I wanted one. I was going to name him Boo Boo from Yogi and Boo Boo. I will raise it with the baby. I finally got off the floor and turned the TV on. This is when my dad told my mom, you better sleep with her. I remember, again, having a conversation with the people on TV. I remember talking to the stuffed animals, too. I will never, ever again take that. Sorry, this is so long, and if it didn't make sense. It's almost four in the morning. Can't sleep, but that's okay. Still won't take an Ambien. Keep it creepy. I love that you were like, I will raise it with the baby. <laughs> oh, God. And um, I talked to the people on the screen. Now, I don't think I hear them. I'm sure you thought you actually had a conversation with them. I yell at them like they could hear me. It's just because they do stupid stuff on TV sometimes. Yeah, but um, this is a different kind of talking. Mm -hmm. Also, thinking about like how he said, don't take it alone. It's really not fair to everybody else that you get all this great sleep. (laughs) And everybody else has to lose a whole night of sleep chasing your ass around. Uh Has to babysit you. Yeah, don't, nah, don't ever take that around me. Because I will be pissed if I have to babysit you. It's worse than somebody that's drunk, I think. (laughs) Right? Also, I wonder what your dad said to him, the little kid, because he was like, I like you. You're nice. Your dad was probably like, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Who are you, little Your mom's not coming, kid. (laughs) You're dead. Oh, my God. And also, I just feel like that is what Carrie would say, though. Like, she's probably going to be here in the morning. Go back to sleep. Okay, bye. Like, I don't, I can't remember exactly how Carrie read it is how she would have said it to a little kid because she's got to go get her shower to go to bed herself and no one fucks with her sleep. Right. So, sorry your mom's not here yet. Just go to bed. She'll be here in the morning. Sorry she didn't pick you up today. We'll figure it out in the morning. It's dark outside. Put your blankie around you and get out of my face. <laughs> and then that your kid had a friend with the light colored hair. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I bet your kid was like, I don't know when your mom's coming. I don't know. My mom's here. Sorry about you. The next one. Hi, ladies. I've only been listening for around six months and I really love the pod. I have a story to share for Sinister Sightings, which I hope you enjoy. I live in a smallish town in rural Western Australia, population around 4,000, where I'm a full-time carer for my mom. It's challenging, but I'd do anything to keep her out of a care home. My best friend lives about three hours away, so we don't see each other as often as we'd like, 
But four months ago, she came to stay for a week. We are both on the wrong side of 45, and we both lost our fathers a couple of years ago, within a few weeks of each other. Hmm. My friend is very spiritual and is a big believer in all of that kind of stuff. Me, not so much, but I love her, so never make fun of her beliefs. Anyway, she decided we should make a Ouija board one night during her visit to see if anyone wanted to talk to us, particularly our fathers. Holy crap, that's three Ouija board stories in right? the Sinister Sightings. She made the board out of an old vegetable chopping block and my favorite pink lipstick. We lit candles and sat outside because it was a warm night. We started to talk to whoever might be there, and she got a really strong feeling that my dad was near. She told me to talk to him. Being the skeptic that I am, I said, Dad, if you're here, give me a sign. I'm not shitting you when I say that less than five seconds later, the whole town lost electrical power. It stayed out for around 20 minutes. My friend and I naturally freaked the fuck out, but still ended our Ouija session properly. I'm still a skeptic, but even I can't really explain this. I also really miss my lipstick. I was just thinking, you'll use your favorite lipstick? (laughs) I hope you are both well and that you and your listeners enjoy my little story. And that was sent from the website, so I don't know if we can use their name. I'd have been like, you can find something else to trace this board with. Not my favorite lipstick. (laughs) Lipstick is not cheap. It's not. And damn, how powerful is your fucking dad? The whole town. Do you know how important power is to me? (laughs) Uh, right. Like, if it says it's going to be bad thunderstorms, I'm like, please don't let my power go out. Please don't let my power go out. Like, it, oh. I mean, your dad thinks he's like a genie over there. Right? Like, when the genie's like, the all-powerful genie. You know what I'm talking about? Of course you go to Aladdin. Well, you know, it is one of my faves. It is. But how can you be a skeptic after that? I'm sorry. Out of a homemade Ouija board and the whole town lost power. I'm sorry. You can't be a skeptic. mm -mm. Donna vetoes your skepticism. (laughs) It is really cool that he came through for you. And kudos to y'all for closing the board out correctly. I'm just going to be honest because if I got freaked out... I probably wouldn't. (laughs) Yeah, but her friend's a profesh. Yeah, that is true. Okay, this one's called Meet Herman. Hello, lovely ladies. Thank you again for creating such a lovely space. You two are the highlight of each Thursday. It's your girl, Jen, at The Suburban Farmer, and I'm back with another story I'd like to share in hopes that someone may learn from my experience or that my experience may validate their own. Hello, creep fam. So let the therapy session begin. When my mom and dad divorced, my mom, Catherine, and my little sister, Sarah, two and a half, and myself, three and a half, moved in with my maternal granny, Jackie Faye. She lived right next door to her mother, my great-grandmother, Amelie. The house that Amelie resided in was a home that she and her husband, granddaddy, had purchased as newlyweds in the 1930s on Leland Avenue in Waco. She actually ended up living in the home until she passed at 96. With my mom and my sister and I staying with Granny next door, we had a ton of time with both my grandma and my great-grandma. They even installed a gate in between their shared fences so that my sister and I could go back and forth all we wanted. It was our little piece of heaven for a minute. My mom had a younger brother that was eight years younger than her. At the time my parents divorced, my mom's younger brother, Michael, had just moved into my granny Jackie's house as well. My mom was 27 at the time, and her little brother, Michael, was 20. Michael had had a rough time. His dad left when he was two and was basically raised by my mom. 
My mom and granny enrolled Michael in a summer day camp program through the local Baptist church when Michael was roughly eight to nine years old. Turns out the director of the program molested Michael for over a year. When Michael couldn't deal with his secret, he turned to, secret in quotes, he turned to alcohol and drugs, primarily methamphetamines. Some of the worst years of his addiction was during this time. He was never around much, always stopped by every few days to eat and shower and rest. Then he was gone again. I can remember my mom and granny arguing because my mom was trying to tell granny that something wasn't right with him. He had taken his addiction to another level by starting to shoot meth intravenously. It was about this time that activity in my granny's house picked up. Most of the women on both of my mom and dad's sides have myriad spiritual gifts. There was always a little activity in both of my great-grandmother's and my granny's house, but they both swore it was granddaddy who died in 1982. Nothing big. You could just feel him in the house. The smell of coffee filled the house at the same time he would have left for work at 3 a.m., though no actual coffee was made. My great-grandmother had a mirror over her kitchen sink, and many family members would swear that they could catch a glimpse of him when they were washing dishes. This would happen to myself also many years later. I can remember my mom arguing with Granny over the change in the energy in the house, saying that since he started shooting up that there was a darkness around him. Then my Granny's jewelry, cash, and things of value started to show up missing. Granny was convinced it was Sarah and I meddling in her stuff. I can't tell you how many spankings we took over this, but in fact, it was her son, Michael, that was lifting things from the house and pawning them for drug money. My sister and I started to notice the energetic change in the house. We also started to see dark shadows out of the corner of our eye. We told our mom, and on the fly, she made up a quick story about how is our friendly house ghost, Herman. So my sister and I started looking for Herman. We would talk out loud to him, blame the weird stuff on him, and even kind of thought he was our friend. Things continued to escalate. The more my mom's brother Michael surrendered to his addiction, the worse things got. My mom believed thoroughly and wholeheartedly that her brother sharing needles with other addicts, he had acquired an attachment and was under demonic oppression. One night in the still early morning hours, I hear Granny walking the hallway and talking out loud to her deceased father, Granddaddy. When I opened my eyes, the house was thick with a white mist that looked like smoke. It did not smell whatsoever. It moved in very unnatural ways, like it had a life to it. I got up and walked down the hallway and noticed that several framed pictures that were hanging on the walls had been taken down and were lying in the center of the living room. You could hear and feel some of the contents in the house slightly vibrating. My mom is up following right behind me and she is telling my granny that this is evil. This is not her dad. He would never scare us like this. She opened the windows and turned on some fans. You could feel the air moving against your skin from the fans. You could feel the breeze from the open windows. The mist was unaffected by it. It continued to get thicker and fill the house almost like an intense fog. It moved with purpose. My sister and I were just so excited that Herman came to play, but did not know why my mom and granny were scared and fighting. My mom got my sister and I cuddled up on the pull-out bed in the living room until morning. When Granny went to work and my sister and I went to daycare the next day, my mom blessed the house. I don't know what she did, but it helped immensely. However, when my mom's brother came back by for a pit stop, things would ramp up again. Whatever Herman was followed my mom's brother the rest of his life. It didn't end pretty, y'all. 
Thank you, Creep Fam, for taking time to listen. I get so much comfort out of other listeners' stories that I hope mine can offer the same. You ladies are amazing and keep up the good work. Creep It Real, Jen, at The Suburban Farmer. See, when I listen to stories like that, I don't want to be able to see all that stuff and feel all that stuff and know all that stuff. Because that's terrifying. Yeah, because I don't know how to like change it or protect myself in that way. Like I don't know how to bless the house. I'm so sorry to hear about your uncle though. Addiction is so hard because I mean, there's there's nothing you can do. And it really does affect everyone. Like everyone around you. Mm-hmm. Even when you're not there. Yeah, clearly. Gosh. Okay, last one. Hey ladies, my name is Cammie from Illinois. I'm currently binging your podcast at the moment and I have to say that you two and your podcast are my favorite and I do not go a day without listening to y'all. I don't know how y'all don't get tired of us. I don't know, but thank you so much. I know. No, I know. Ma'am. <laughs> I find myself going down the rabbit hole of all things crime, paranormal, and reincarnation. And today I was listening to y'all specifically when Carrie shared her reincarnation story on episode 23, Karma Got Me Lit. Carrie mentioned how before we're born, our souls make a list of things we will do during our lives. And I thought back to one of my favorite books by Sylvia Brown called The Other Side and Back. In this book, Sylvia explains when we have deja vu, it feels like we've been here or did this or everything around us is the same. But really, when we experience deja vu, that it's our soul reminding us of the list we made before we were born. And the list is the familiarity and that we are on the right track in life. So whenever I have deja vu, I smile to myself and think, Thank God for a minute there, I thought I was fucking up this life really, really bad. But guess I'm on the right track. I thought this was neat and super interesting, and I wanted to share it with you too. I hope you enjoyed. Keep being awesome, sassy, and super badassy. Love ya, Cammy. P.S. I have some rather interesting but creepy sleep paralysis stories I'll write in at a later date. Talk soon. Well, I can't wait to hear those, but I think that that's probably true, but I also... Sylvia Brown. Yeah. I'm sorry if you love her, but turns out she was like defrauding people. Yeah, that's why I don't love her. Like because of what she said about like to the parents of missing people when she's like, they did and uh, they weren't. Like yeah. when she told Amanda Berry's parents that she was dead, I think like that she had drowned. Yeah. And she didn't. And so, like, that kind of stuff. Like, because I used to love her, too. Montel Williams. I was sucked in. I was like, oh, Sylvia Brown's on? Oh, yes. It was my favorite days of, like, the Montel Brown. Mm Mm-hmm. Montel Williams. Sylvia Brown. Montel Williams. I was like, wait, what? And, I mean, I guess, like, there's a chance that, you know, she could have just been wrong on this one account. But I think that there's more, like, cases of it. But y'all let us know if we're completely off the mark. Here's the thing with that. I feel like maybe Sylvia Brown, and I could be, like you said, we could be completely off the mark, and I could be completely off the mark, and she could be just an absolute fraud, but I feel like she started out maybe having some truth there. Oh, yeah. You know, and everything, but then she just blew up, and, you know, you want to stay in the spotlight, and you want to stay and, like, have all these answers, and have all the, like, it's okay to be like, I don't have that answer. But you can't do that when Montel Williams is holding a mic in your face. Right. You know what I mean? And so I mean you can. You can, I know. But I'm just saying though, that's I would imagine the mindset where it's like Right. Shit. You know, how do you Yeah. Well, I think cause she had made it that way. You know what I mean? When you always have the answer, 
you always have to have an answer then. True. So, like, I just feel like it got too big. So, I don't really know. Now I really am like, God, maybe one of us should do, a, like, a story about Sylvia Brown. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Yeah. Anyway, but I really like that idea about deja vu yeah me too because it's what's really trippy is when you have deja vu about a deja vu yes that is like a whole inception thing that i just cannot wrap my (laughs) head around but yeah i kind of like this because it does when you're like i smile to myself and think thank god i thought i was really fucking up for a minute but okay i'm right on track that's so true i mean still could be fucking things up in my world because i'm a fuck up but (laughs) Hey, if I'm doing it again, I'm just double checking it off. And I love to check shit off of a list. I will write a list so that I can check shit off of the list. Right. Because because I'm not going to actually use the list. Exactly. I'll find a list and be like, hey, let me find and see if I did all these things. It could be from a year ago. And I'll sit down and be like, yeah, I think I did that. 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 Looks reasonable. Mm-hmm. Well, thank y'all so much. God, these were great stories. And they... Again, the theme. Always a theme. Isn't that so bizarre? We had we had, th- we had three Ouija board stories. Yeah. Thank y'all so much for sending these stories in. If you want your story read on an episode, send them in to aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and, and don't, don't get scared. scared.